Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to Job Search Guide, a show where we get tips and tricks from experts on how you can land your next job. The hidden job market is full of unadvertised jobs, and it's up to you to find them. And joining us to discuss how you can make this happen is Deborah Feldman, and she is the JobWiz Executive Talent Agent. So, Deborah, thanks for joining us. Well, it's great that you invited me. Thanks, Katie. So when we get started here, can you just tell us what the hidden job market is and why it's one of the best ways to get a job? The hidden job market actually is comprised of a few different sections. Many people think that the hidden job market is a situation where the employer is hiding a job. They have a posting. They have an opening. They're just not telling people about it. They're being very secretive. That does happen, but it's really rare. Much more often, when we're talking about the hidden job market, it's a position that's unadvertised. That can come about because there's an incumbent in the position, and only those people who are close to that incumbent are aware that that person will be moving away or moving on or leaving. There could also be a situation where the hiring manager has a need to fill another position, but they're not going to release the person in that job until they have a replacement. Another way a person may find an unadvertised opportunity is if they walk into a situation and the hiring manager says, I don't know why we didn't meet you before. We love you. We want to hire you. We will make this happen. We will create a job for you. And the next way is if a hiring manager decides that they want to restructure the organization in order to create an opening for someone. So what is your experience with the hidden job market? Have you found a job through it? Have you, do you help people find jobs through the hidden job market? Well, the hidden job market refers to positions that aren't advertised. We all know today how competitive it is in the job market and how applying online is virtually losing your resume to cyberspace. So I focus with my client on identifying who needs to know them, what organizations might be the best match, where they want to work, and then I identify the best way to attract the attention of a hiring decision maker and set up a meeting between my client and the hiring decision maker one-on-one so that the two of them can get together and network and explore mutual interests. So my clients are not applying for openings or applying for jobs. They're merely going out and meeting people who should be able to appreciate their background or have the authorization to hire them or can recommend them to the person who has the budget. Now, when we're specifically looking at how executives use that hidden job market, and it's been reported that a whopping 80% of executive placements are made through networking or personal introductions or referrals. Why do you think this is, especially at that executive level? I think it's always been that way. Mm -hmm. It's basically word of mouth. People hire individuals they know, like, and trust, which means you want to be known, liked, and trusted even before that hiring manager recognizes they have a need for someone like you. You want them to feel comfortable with you. You want to have an existing relationship, and you want to be top of mind. When the timing is right for that hiring manager to say, boom, I need someone like Joe Smith, Joe Smith should have already met that hiring manager. And that's what happens. Joe Smith's future manager will tell Joe Smith's friends, hey, I'm looking for someone like Joe Smith. And Joe Smith's friends will say, you need to meet our friend, Joe Smith. And so, so many positions are filled through word of mouth that there's very little happening at the executive level through more traditional and standard venues. 
So the hidden job market really sounds like it's all about who you know and maybe who those people know. So can you share some strategies for approaching your network when you're looking for a job, especially when you're currently employed? Well, I would say, say Katie, that probably a better approach is instead of looking at who you know, which says, look at yourself as the center and then the spokes of the wheel stretching out to who you already know, think in terms of a broad, even a broader space. Where would you like to work? Who can appreciate you? Where should you be needed? And then decide, how can I get myself in front of these individuals? I think it's far too restrictive if you only think about who do you know and how can they help you. It's much better to think about where would I like to be and then say, how am I going to get to that person? Who do I know that might be able to help me? You see the difference? I do see the difference. And, you know, once you figure out who that person is that could be able to help you, when you approach them, how should you have that conversation? Should it really be about, you know, what you can do for them and kind of just, you know, try to help them out first to kind of establish that connection? That's a good idea, Katie. What you want to do is not approach someone as a needy person who needs a job. You don't want to go to them saying, basically, do you have an opening? And if you do, I'd like to fill it. Rather approach it as a conversation, as an opportunity to start a relationship. Anyone who goes out there looking for a job with the sole purpose of first I need a job and then I'll establish relationships is going to have a much more difficult time than an individual who recognizes that they always need to be developing new relationships and nurturing the ones they have so that when they need a job, they already have those connections. And more importantly, they don't have to always go out to someone and pitch themselves, but people will be coming to recruit them because they know what they do and they, they were just waiting for the right time. Now, what do you do when you've kind of exhausted your network or if you've kind of exhausted all venues and opportunities to reach this person that could help you make it happen? What's kind of the next step? I think you always have to keep thinking and enlarging your circle. Mm -hmm. So if you've exhausted your network, you have to think about who else needs to know me. For example, if you've reached out to every employer contact you have in the industry you want, also think about going back to those individuals and saying, that you would like to also explore new opportunities with their consultants, with their attorneys, with their clients, with their suppliers, with their vendors. In other words, extend the network beyond the first ring of people that you already know to say, who do they know that might be able to provide some leads for you? Mm -hmm. Now, as far as getting these leads, is it always a good idea to kind of look to speak with HR or should you be speaking with a hiring manager or just someone completely different? I think that it's always, there's two goals you have in mind. You either want to be able to meet with and have a conversation and develop a relationship with a person who is a hiring decision authority, or you want to meet with an individual who can introduce you to the person who has that hiring decision authority. By and large, HR usually works as gatekeepers rather than facilitators. When people are going through this process, what are some common mistakes that they're making when they're looking to really effectively utilize the hidden job market? Well, I don't think you could. it's correct to say that you're trying to utilize the hidden job market because it's not like the job market where you can advertise and apply. It's more about developing relationships that will be aware of opportunities where you'd be a good candidate so that in, in the future, they will come and recruit you or you can be in touch with them and have sufficient knowledge of what's going on that when you hear that they're doing something that's interesting, 
you can nominate or volunteer yourself. All right. That sounds like a good suggestion. When you've kind of approached this individual, you've had the conversation and you're making really great leeway and you think that a position is coming up, what should you do next? Should you kind of take the first step and and say, you know, I'd be interested in working for your organization or should you wait for them to approach you? I think it's always a good idea to let people know that you're interested. Mm -hmm. You don't want to let them know you're desperate, but you do want to let them know that you're very curious, that this sounds really enticing. And then reaffirm to them exactly how you would be able to provide benefits, how you would add to their success, either by increasing the revenues or profits, decreasing the cost, or improving the processing. In your experience, you know, with helping connect people with organizations where they might be a really great fit and be able to do some really great things, could you share a story with us of someone who's effectively kind of gone through and had these great conversations and actually got a job by using this method? I think people are doing this all the time. Off the top of my head, I would say that there was an individual years ago who wanted to work for Tootsie, and Tootsie is known as a very secretive organization. They really couldn't find any way into it. And I did some research and I found out that there was one local trucking company that did some hauling for the Tootsie Roll company. We contacted individuals that were the purchasing agents and suppliers for Tootsie Roll. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, there was good rapport between my client and person in that trucking company And the individual in the trucking company introduced my client to someone else in the trucking company who had more than a business relationship with a senior individual at Tootsie and arranged for my client to also meet with that senior hiring manager at Tootsie. So it it doesn't sound like you always have to have a direct path and maybe you need to get a little bit creative as to figuring out how you can make this happen for yourself. Right. What I always say to my clients is we're not going in for the kill. We're going in for to establish a beginning relationship that hopefully will either turn into a hiring offer or a referral to someone who has the capability to appreciate you and hire you. Would you have any recommendations for our listeners as they're looking to kind of get started and starting to have these conversations and figure out who they need to talk to to make it happen for them? I think there's a couple of things I'd recommend. One is I think each person should get very clear on what they do want. And sometimes, Caddy, it's really hard to say, what do I want to do? So it might be easier to say, make a list of the things that you don't want, and then it will let the things you do want bubble up more to the top. Then identify what the advantages would be for you to contribute your talent, your skills, your experience, and your background. Next, decide where that's needed. What type of organization is likely to need the kind of work that you want to do. Then within that organization, who is the key person that needs you? Who's got the pain? Who's got the problem? Who's in charge of a group that has to produce results and you can contribute to solving those problems? Once you've identified who that person is, then you need to put together a few success stories that clearly illustrate how you can address their situations that are challenging them and resolve them. Because people don't want to hear only that you want a job. They want to know that you can do the job that you'll be able to deliver. They don't want someone who they think is a risky hire. The best way to demonstrate your ability is actually, as you asked me to talk about an example, and I gave you Tootsie, Mm -hmm. is describe in real life a circumstance that that other person, the employer, 
can relate to, and that would they would then understand that if you could do that for your existing employer, you certainly can transfer that knowledge and skills and be successful for them. Now, Deborah, we're up against the clock today, and I did want to give you the floor here at the end to share a final piece of advice. And you did cover some really great recommendations for our listeners. But if you had to leave them with one final takeaway about the hidden job market, what would you leave them with? I would say that the hidden job market is not a one-off situation. The best way to position yourself to take advantage of opportunities that aren't advertised is to strategically seek out and cultivate relationships with individuals who can appreciate you, that can get to know you, that you can get to know, be the first to offer something of value to them, and always follow up. Even if initially someone isn't interested, it doesn't mean that they'll never be interested. And especially in this day and age where things move fast, there's always change going on that can create new opportunities and new needs. And more importantly, people are busy. And so a no, not now is not necessarily a no, not forever. So if you've had a good conversation, you feel there's good interpersonal chemistry, and you know that you can do the work for, that needs to be done, politely and persistently follow up with pings. Don't let the ball drop. They're not going to come back and remember you. You need to stay on the radar screen by constantly giving to people in your network. Ways of doing that are to invite them for, to join you for an event, to create mm-hmm. an event so that you have a reason to include them, like putting together a dinner at an industry conference or a meeting, sending them something relevant that you've read, bringing their attention to a link that you've found, and other ways that just basically say, I care about you. I think about you. Let's be friends. And with that final piece of advice, we will wrap up today's show on Job Search Guide. We've been speaking with Deborah Feldman from JobWiz, and you can find her at jobwiz.com or send her an email at deborahfeldman at jobwiz.com. So, Deborah, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Katie. I hope that people find it useful. And remember, follow up. Now, if you're looking for more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, send our team an email at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your job search.